Droppe Gaming. Droppe Gaming. Droppe Gaming. Droppe Gaming. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Droppe Gaming Podcast. Yay! Uh, it's Matt and I flying solo together, which is kind of weird. I guess, like solo together. But anyway, um, how you going, Matt? Oh, living the dream. Yeah? Yep. Just That's been handy. playing shitloads of games. We haven't recorded or we haven't posted an episode for a month. So we thought we should probs do it. Or oh, not quite a month, three weeks. Yeah. Yeah, we should. We've been playing a few games, so that's been kind of handy. Um, I've started a new job, so that's... Uh, keeping me kind of busy but i'm still trying to find a little bit of time here and there to play some games i started a new job too yeah look at us go <laughs> aren't we awesome we're just adults yeah doing it getting it done <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do you know exactly so so this is episode 102 102 yep yeah, interesting <laughs> not not um, so anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, so we, we've just been doing our thing, you know, um, the games that we have been playing, are some fairly new releases and going back and playing a little bit of old stuff as well. Yeah, definitely. Where should we start? Um, I would think seeing we've both been playing it, we should start with FIFA 17. All right. Let's begin with FIFA 17. All right. So one of the new things that they've added, um, as it was mentioned, um, following in the footsteps of NBA, is they've added a story mode. Yeah, which is like kind a, of interesting. Yeah, it's a bit. It is definitely interesting. Um, yeah. We're a little bit biased with our reviews of FIFA games, I think. So take what we say with a grain of salt, but it's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, um, as I was saying to someone yesterday, I've been playing FIFA games for a long, long time. You know, I remember having the FIFA in the 90s. So, you know, it's been 20 years. I've played more than 20 years of playing FIFA games. I swear to God. Yeah, I was saying the other day, it's, you know, it's pretty good, but it's no international superstar soccer 64. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. If we want to go back in the way back machine. Yeah, that's right. But no, it's uh it, it is fun. It's got its irritating bits as well. Um yeah, if you are a FIFA fan and you or maybe just listen to this podcast before, we've always spoken about the new FIFA when it comes out. And they always seem to try and change things up. You know, a few years ago they had, I think, uh, what was it, maybe FIFA 14 was nearly perfect, I thought. You know, maybe it was 14, I can't remember if it was 15. But anyway, it was nearly perfect. Like, they always try and change something every year. Yeah, like in the um, in the actual mechanics of the football. Yeah, yeah. And with this one, the thing that I've noticed is that it does seem to have more lag than any other FIFA that I've played in a few years. Yeah, um, maybe that's due to changing through to the um, the Frostbite engine. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm thinking the way they've done it is that it, it seems to, in order to make it probably a little bit more uh, realistic in the movement of each player, they've made it so that they're, you know, and I, I do remember mentioning this in last year's as well, but if you're not in the right body position, then you kind of seem to have, uh, like it, it, it has this thing against you for some reason. So if you're not in the right body position and your body can't move to do the thing that you're wanting it to do, it just won't do it. But because of that, it kind of seems to be laggy in my mind. Mm. So I don't know if that's you know the real reason for it or not, but I'm going to go with it. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's just something to do with how the, the animations work. And they've sort of tried to find the middle ground with animations and responsiveness with the Frostbite yeah. engine. Because it is the first time they've used Frostbite engine for the for a FIFA game. Because before that, they had their Ignite or Ignition or whatever it was called and whatever else they've had before that. Um, which were always... I don't know. I, th- I feel like it's cool that they're using Frostbite because you notice it particularly like goal celebrations and stuff like that and just the instant replays and things like that the the actual graphical quality of players faces and things like that is much better than it was before yeah it is it is you get sweat on their faces and things like that Mm. and the ability like i've been playing on the xbox you've got it on the playstation um and the xbox is you know apparently 4k uh, the S is, um, you know, apparently the game is in native 4K. I don't think it's native. I'm... Oh, maybe it's not. Yeah, I think because I think Forza yeah. is the first native. With the FIFA game, I really wanted it to be in 4K, and watching it, even if it's upscaling or not, I'm not too sure. I thought it would be. Um, playing it last night, it really seemed cartoony in a way, which was weird. Um, in what way? Just the the like cutscene graphics, almost like the um, the animations of the face. Um, they just didn't look right. Um, it was almost like the background was a little bit too flat. Almost when you're playing the game, it looks really good. Like the the depth because of the color, it was really good. Um, <laughs> but then, yeah, just yeah. You know, there was a cut scene of them celebrating, or someone got fouled or something, and it like zoomed in. The shadows and the coloring on their face just didn't look all that great. That's weird. And yeah, yeah, I don't know why it was last night specifically. Maybe it was just because I was playing it in the total dark. Um, maybe you were so drunk. Was, well, maybe yes. you were asleep and you were dreaming of FIFA. <laughs> That could have been a thing. I do that sometimes. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, the the lagginess to me is a bit of an issue with that. Um, You know, I've also kind of felt at times that, uh, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but at times it's almost like the controller isn't functioning well. And fucking weird. Yeah, it is. It is because there's been times when I've been pressing in a direction, like purposefully in a direction, trying to just run 
and either the person standing still or they run in an opposite direction, <laughs> which is really weird. You know, I haven't really had any issues with the controls and I haven't really noticed that lag on the PS4 version. I mean, I assume it's there because whatever, but um, the biggest thing for me that I've noticed in the change of the mechanics is when you passed when you pass the ball and it's going near one of your players or like a ball gets deflected off an off a opposing team's player yep. and just rolls away, there'll be one of your guys close to it and it used to fucking automatically change to the closest dude. Yeah. So that you could run for the ball and now it just doesn't. And so they just stand there looking stupid. The ball rolls past them and the opposing mm-hmm. team gets it back. And it's like, what the fuck is going on and sometimes when i pass it even though i'm pointing in the direction of one of my players they'll pass it in like a slightly different way Mm -hmm. and yeah i can understand that if they're low rated players that they suck at passing but these are like you know premier league players yeah who know how to pass a fucking ball they should in theory Mm. but um i certainly am enjoying it hmm they certainly shouldn't be that bad. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if, if that's something that'll get patched or whatever, but it, it's kind of annoying. But in general, the game is really awesome. Um, one of the good things I noticed with couch co-op, when you have the load screens, they always had the skill games and now they have two-player skill games. So if you're playing against someone, when it's on a loading screen, you've got to compete against each other for a, in a skill game rather than one person doing it and one person sitting twiddling their f- thumb. <laughs> yeah, which was always annoying because it was always set to player one. Mm. So one person would always be sitting there doing nothing unless that other person you know passed physically passed the controller to them. Yeah, and it is um, it is super fun playing two-player in those modes like almost more fun than playing the actual game (laughs) yeah well it was one of the first things that when we put it on that you and i noticed was different it was like well this is great being able to do something and being able to you know just you know work on passing and doing all that kind of shit you know it, it gave you a real i don't know just another part of entertainment that the game had never really given you before. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, which was good fun. And so we come to the journey. Yes. So the journey is the story mode, and it's uh, you you play as a guy named Alex Hunter who basically starts out, it opens as him as a kid, and then fast forwards to him as a young man, teenager, um, doing exit trials to get, hopefully picked up by a Premier League team and then follows his career through the Premier League. Uh, him and his, his best mate in um, speech, mar- in like, yeah, quotations. Yeah. Best mate, Gareth Walker, who's also coincidentally, um, I don't know, we probably shouldn't do any spoilers, but um, I already did <laughs> by yeah. saying some quotations. But um, yeah, so it follows this guy, Alex Hunter, um, and it's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's a like I said at the start, it was a, a different kind of thing that they hadn't really put on there before. Um, Way different. 
I mean, they've always had create your own player, but it's mm. never had the whole. Um, basically, for in previous FIFA games, all it is is playing FIFA. All you're doing is playing game after game after game. Whereas in this, I mean, and the skill games and stuff, and yeah, the journey still is playing games, playing games, playing games, skill games to train your player. But it also has cutscenes with a story. Um, you get to choose the conversations that you have. Yeah, that so doesn't... So you get interviews and stuff. It doesn't have that much of an effect on the actual story itself, apart from... So when it brings up a conversation, um, you get asked a question, you get a three three choices for your response. Um, fiery, cool, or balanced. And the only effect that it has that I can see is if you go fiery, uh, it makes your manager more upset with you, which makes it probably harder to make the starting 11. Mm. But it means after each game, you get more followers on social media, which is kind of like, so in between each match, there's a social media feed with tweets of people talking about you and talking about the team and stuff like that. And there's benefits for each, um, for reaching certain levels of followers. But, um, the fiery slash cool thing doesn't add that many. And the difference is with cool, if you go cool, you're improving relations with the manager but not getting those bonus people. Yeah. Um, but in general, it doesn't really make any fucking difference to the game whatsoever, which is a little bit disappointing because it's I've watched – because I've been playing it and Corey at home has also been playing it. And so I've been keeping an eye on – both games to see what what differs he picked a different team than me so there's a couple of like different people in the cutscenes and things like that but in general the same thing happens the whole way through so it's pretty linear okay yep but for a first story it's pretty cool and it does kind of make you want to play it yeah well it, it also takes away from the I guess just the boringness of just playing the game and game and game and game. Yeah. You know, like as we, as you just said, you know, that, that was always what you had and what you could do. And I remember in, yeah, last year's, uh, I played a lot of it by myself. You know, I created a player as I always seemed to, and then just played game after game after game after game. Um, and it's, it's still FIFA and it's still fun to play, but at least with this, it gives you something to follow in between just the games. So, and one of the things that kind of annoyed me a little bit with it was, um, you know, you, initially when I started playing, I, I chose as professional and it seemed to just automatically set a really low half count like period so it was i think four minutes yeah and that's the standard default when you start your game it could be yeah but it was really annoying because with the game obviously you're trying to break into the team so with the story mode with the journey it gives you um you know certain criteria you have to meet in each game and you know it's like i think you start off Every single game you start off with a, a, a player count of six 
you know, your rating is six. So it says, you know, some of the things you got to do is get to level eight or whatever it is, you know, and you play a rating, score a goal, win the game. And they're the, you know, three things that you've got to achieve. And then it dropped you, dropped me in at like, you know, the last quarter of the game. So, you know, 70, 75 minutes. And then I get like a minute and a half, two minutes maximum to achieve these things. And because of the way the game plays, you only get maybe two or three attacks and then you're defending. So that's the minute and a half gone. And it was really frustrating to be stuck with such a small amount. So I quite, you know, quickly after a couple of games, I was like, oh, this is ridiculous. I'm never, ever going to get to really even play the game all that much because I can't get my rating up to be able to get put in as a, as a you know, starting 11 and play a full game. Mm. So, yeah, I went and, I guess, cheated to give myself more time to be able to do that. It's, it's not really cheating if you well, change the setting. And it's, you know what? I put it on semi-pro because you have such a, a small amount of time that I'm just like, I don't have time to be messing around. And it's really annoying when mm. you, are, like, it brings up these friggin' things. Like, I was playing as a striker and it goes, you're getting subbed in in the second half, get two assists. It's yeah. like, I'm a striker. I shouldn't be getting assists. I should be kicking goals. Mm-hmm. If I had chosen center attacking mid, then maybe... I'd be going for assists, but not as a striker. And even then, you barely get a chance to do one anyway. So, yeah, that's right. But yeah, um, yeah. That's, so yeah, if if you are going to play it, that's probably the thing that I would suggest that you change right from the very start. Yeah, is you know before you even have one game, go in and change that setting so you actually give yourself a bit more of a chance. Because I got uh, you know loaned out basically and. It pissed me off because that was kind of when I went, well, fuck this. I need to go and change that. You get loaned out anyway. Well, I wasn't going to wreck that for everybody, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, well... Yeah. No, good. There's, that's what I mean. There's certain things that, like, no matter what you do, the story progresses in a certain way. So, like, you'll find that you won't be just getting subbed on later in the game. You'll be playing a full 90 minutes or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah, well, that's pretty much what's happened now anyway. And most games at that point don't bring up that bonus thing anyway. You just go in, play a game, and move on. So, Oh, there you go. Yeah, but um, in general, it's pretty good. I like it. I think it's cool you get to pick which team you want to play for in the Premier League. I think the build-up to getting in the Premier League is kind of ridiculous and short. I think it should yeah. be longer. I think you should have to play for a lower league rather than getting... Like, you're some shit guy who didn't even get picked up immediately. Then you went into the exit trials, which is like the last chance at the football academy to get picked up by a good team, get a contract. And so you haven't been picked up yet. You're on your last legs. You mm. do this thing, and then all of a sudden, you've got an offer from every Premier League team. Yeah, exactly. So it's like you can pick from any team in the Premier League as opposed to being like you have to start in the lower championships and work your way Fruit up. yourself. Mm-hmm. Which is um, 
in NBA 2K16. I'm, I haven't played very much of 2K17 yet, so hopefully I'll be able to talk about that in the next episode or, or whenever. But um, maybe not, because the next episode will be PSVR. <laughs> yeah, but, probably. Um, in 2K16, the career mode, you started off in high school and you played like six games in high school and then you played college for a couple of games and then you had to play a rookie season. So... That yeah, well, I all. think that'd be good just to get to a better level. Yeah. Um, like, do. even if just playing in the game, like, to just get better at playing the game. Yeah. Would help. So, but there's that. But um, other the, the other main thing in FIFA 17 for me, uh, unless I'm missing something that I can't think of right now, in FIFA Ultimate Team, which I always really enjoy, I think FIFA Ultimate Team is my favorite part of FIFA, actually. I think it's really cool trying to build up your team like that. Um, there's a new mode in it called Squad Building Challenges. And so something that I noticed in FIFA's in the past, I've been doing FIFA Ultimate Team since FIFA 14. Or FIFA 15, I think. Anyway, um, you'll get heaps and heaps of packs as you go through. Like, Because I've always got the Collector's Edition or whatever, Limited Edition, which gives you, say, two packs per week for 20 weeks or whatever. Oh, yeah. And so by the end of it, you have like hundreds of players in your FIFA Ultimate Team Club to choose from and a shitload of them you'll never use because they're lower level or whatever, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in squad building challenges, they give you challenges to build a squad from from the players that you have in your club to meet certain requirements like uh all you know it might be all the players need to be from England like England nationality or they all need to play for the Premier League or you need three players from Spain three players from France stuff like that or you have to have a team of whatever combination of nations and and leagues and it has to have a minimum chemistry because part of FIFA ultimate team is team chemistry yeah it's a big part of it yeah and so um in the squad building challenges, it might be like build a team with three French players, three Italian players, and have an overall team chemistry of 75. And so you have to piece together from what card, from what players you have in your club to achieve that. And then, like, if you can't, you can't, obviously, but you can go into the transfer market and buy cards to help you do it. And um, so that promotes using the transfer market as well because previously it was like if you have rare gold players then you'll put them on the transfer market but if you have shit gold players there's no point putting them on the transfer market because who's going to buy them right because you don't Mm -hmm. need them now you can use bronze silver gold players from your club in this squad building challenge and what happens is after you build the squad and it's sometimes it's the whole starting 11 sometimes it's only say the back line and the keeper uh, or just the midfield or whatever, when you submit it, it removes those players from your club and rewards you with a new pack. So yeah. if you have a shitload of players that you don't want to use, you can use them in squad building challenge and have the chance of unlocking better players. So you can get rid of your crap ones and get new ones. So it's pretty cool. A pretty cool way to extend the FIFA Ultimate Team experience. In that way, mm. plus yeah. it has all the other normal stuff with, um, 
you know, seasons and online play and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's. it's been kind of weird. Like, I've been watching Charlie play a few of the games because he, he loved the Ultimate teams last year. And um, so he's been trying to build his team this year. And the, the very... Oh, he wasn't here the day it came out. It was the next day, sorry. Um, he's jumped in and, you know, started having a look at, you know, just getting some small packs and all that kind of crap and opening the cards or whatever. Um, and then he jumped in and played a few games. And there was already people that had full, like, Barcelona squads and, you know, shit like that. And it's like, how? How does that happen? It's been one fucking day and you've already gone and you've obviously just purchased everything so yeah, that you, you can, can buy FIFA points. Yeah. And it's not cheap. It's like 200 bucks to, you know, buy a fuckload of cards. Yeah. So, and I'm sure that some of those players are fairly rare. Yeah, they are. So, yeah, it seemed really weird. And Charlie was getting pretty pissed off because he's trying to, you know, just collect the players and find the best kind of team, you know. Yeah, but so he should just be playing the single-player stuff, not online. Yeah. But he likes playing online too. Yeah, but if your team sucks. And also, I'm pretty sure it matchmakes you, so you wouldn't, if you kept playing like that. Because the um, online is seasons. So... The way it works is um, you start at level 10, working your way up, I believe. You go from 10 to 1. And if you're a really good team, you'll progress really quickly. And then so you only get matched up with people that are on the same season level as you. Oh, yeah. Whereas um, then you get offline seasons. Oh, sorry, not offline. Because all FIFA Ultimate Team, you have to be connected to the internet. But it has single player where you can play a season where you just play against computer teams. Oh, yep. And then there's um, the FIFA Ultimate Team Draft, which is where you spend either cash that you've earned or FIFA points that you've purchased. You get a FIFA Ultimate Team Draft token, and that lets you go in and build a team. Basically what happens is you have to build a team of the starting 11, the however many subs and reserves, and the you do it one player at a time. So you go in and it pops up five different players and you pick which one of those five you want. And then you select the next position and it brings up five players randomly and you got to pick mm-hmm. which one you want. And the idea is to build the best team with good chemistry that you can from the choices. And it works out quite well because you, you get like Cristiano Ronaldo and stuff. So it's not all shit players. And then you are challenged to play four games up to four games. If you lose, you get knocked out. And depending on how many games you win, you get a reward at the end. So it costs 300 FIFA points or 15,000 coins to do it. Mm-hmm. And if you make it to the second game, if you finish the second game, you'll get two premium gold packs, which is worth, they're each worth, you know, 150 FIFA points each. So as long as you win two games, then you come out even. If you win three or four, you get way more. So for value for money, that's the best way to do it because you're playing games instead of just buying pack after pack after pack. Yeah. But at the end of the day... It does become costly. 
Yeah, well, the coin. If you're using coins that you get in game, then it it doesn't cost you anything, per se. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like if you were to buy them. Yeah, if you're buying FIFA points, it's going to cost you a shitload. Yeah, but not um, cheap. Yeah, it's uh, FIFA Ultimate Team is really good. I think it's a really awesome part of the game. And, yeah, it's, I don't yeah. know. I never really got into it. I mean, I, I don't mind it, but I found it kind of frustrating just how randomly shit most of the cards are that you do get. Yeah, well, you're not going to get, like, awesome players every time. You've just got to try and build them up. It's Because it's, it's not like an instant gratification mode. Like, you've got to put in work to get a good team. And the way you do that is not just by buying packs, but by playing games winning coins from playing the games and then you can use those coins to go on the transfer market so if you can get an idea of what kind of players you want for your team you can play games win coins and then use those coins to purchase players from the transfer market and you can do that by searching on the transfer market for if you want you can search by league or nation or position or you can just put in the name of a player you want and then you can search for, you know, buy it now prices and stuff like that to see how much generally you would need. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it is a long form part of the game, but it's um, it's quite fun. And yeah, but it takes patience because you've got to fucking put in work. Yeah, I'm not good at that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so that's FIFA 17. It's awesome. If you like FIFA, you should get it. If you haven't, if you're not the kind of person who buys FIFA every year, um, I would suggest picking it up just for the journey because I think it's a really good entry point for the FIFA series. Yeah. Um, to have that story because you're not just you don't just go into it because there's so many modes in FIFA that if you are not a FIFA fan and you go into it, it could probably be a little bit confronting. Very true. To go into the start menu and just have like where the fuck do I go from here, you know? Mm. Yeah, exactly. Whereas um, the journey is a really good way to, to get into it, learn the controls, and have a fun time playing some soccer. So yeah. anyway, that's that. Um, we've talked about FIFA for a bloody long time. Yes, we have, yeah. So next, the Bioshock collection. Sorry, Bioshock the collection. The collection, <laughs> that's right. Um, I've been playing it. It's friggin' awesome. I'd never played... Well, I played Bioshock 1, never played... I didn't finish it, and I never played Bioshock 2. But I did play Bioshock Infinite, and it was one of my favorite games. It's fucking awesome. So, of course, I wanted to get in and play Bioshock The Collection to try out the first two games now that they're remastered for PS4. Yeah, and they look pretty schmick. Yeah, I mean... They're not really going to compete with the games that are coming out these days for graphics, um, including one that we'll talk about after the Bioshock, I guess. But um, it looks much better than it did. So from a comparison point of view, the previous generation's Bioshock looks like hot trash compared to this. It looks way better. Um, Each game comes with all the DLC, so that's pretty cool. And I think it's only like 70 bucks, probably less now, for three amazing games. So 
Uh, and it's a long, uh, like a, a good amount of gameplay, you know, for the price. Well, I've got the platinum for Bioshock One and Two now, um, and I've done all the DLC in Bioshock One. I've only just started the Bioshock Two DLC, but I probably would have put in like forty or f- probably forty or fifty hours across both games. Maybe mm. maybe fifty to sixty. Um, mainly because I've been playing them on the hardest difficulty and then with Vita Chambers turned off, which is where if you die, you revolt, you um, resurrect back in the Vita Chamber. Um, and if you turn them off, if you forget to save, which I do all the fucking time, and then you die, you revert back to your previous save, which can potentially be a long, long time ago because the only time it auto-saves is when you enter a new level. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, so <laughs> the amount of times I've died and had to replay an entire section because I didn't save is uh, I'd rather not talk about it. <laughs> so, yeah, it but be bo- very frustrating. Mm. Um, as for new content, the only new content in the collection is uh, director's commentaries. So the director's commentary has Ken Levine, who's the creator of the Bioshock series and uh, I think some other dude. I haven't watched any of them because uh, basically what happens is as you're playing through Bioshock 1, on each level, there's a collectible item that you can find that is uh, basically a director's commentary for that level and it breaks down their design choices and everything like that with the levels. And um, for a fan, for a huge fan of the Bioshock series, I think it's pretty cool. I think it would be a pretty cool thing to have included if you haven't played bioshock it basically pops up a little you pick it up and then it pops up a little thing that says like if this is the first time you've played bioshock don't watch this because it's very heavy in spoilers but it's a pretty cool thing to add in but unfortunately they don't do it in bioshock 2 or bioshock infinite which is kind of shit but yeah, I wonder why they only decided to do it for the first one. I wonder yeah, if it's a time thing or, as I was saying to you before, like it's been a long time since that game's been around. Yeah. So maybe it was something that they had recorded years ago and they only bothered to do it for that one. I wonder. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. But, um, yeah, it's a pretty cool touch to add in. Um, and, of course, you get all the DLC and stuff. So really... Three games with all the DLC for however, like it's, it'll be under probably 80 bucks. That's a great deal. And if you haven't played Bioshock, you should definitely try them out. Uh, pick mm. them up and try them out, I would suggest. Um, I do remember playing it years and years and years ago, but I, I honestly cannot remember how much time I even put into them. So I am pretty keen to go through and play it now that it's going to... I guess not look as dated as yeah yeah it'd be good yeah that's the main thing um, I find with going back because like people can go oh you can already get it on 360 with backwards compatibility but it's just not the same like no that's right as having a remastered game Um, and a lot of people complain about how many remasters there are but I am not because I think it's awesome. Like, for me, I never played Bioshock 1 and 2, and I will never, ever go back and play them on PS3. So it's cool to be able to do that. Um, and, yeah, it's a seriously... one. It's a really incredible series. So, yeah, no regrets. Yeah, Hashtag cool. no regrets. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yep. And you've been playing a new, newish game. 
Um, Overwatch. No. Uh, <laughs> still heaps of fun. I've been playing a shitload of that still. Um, yeah, I've uh, just finally finished Inside. Um, and I know that's not the newest game. It's been out for a while now. That's the uh, one from the makers of Limbo, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, it's a very similar art style. Yeah, it's uh, it's very side scrolling. That's all there is. There's no depth to it in that regard. Um, it's all just a puzzler. Um, you know, getting through different you know areas. Um, some of it was. Uh, well, the whole game was well designed. It was very atmospheric. Um, it had this real weirdness to it that um, you know, was very striking the whole way through. Um, one of the things that I guess stands out as well is that there's nothing in in the way of it uh, explaining itself in any period throughout the game. Yeah, like it's a bit. You, it's a bit of one of like one of those odd games like that, hey. Yeah, which was well done though. Like there was, there wasn't much to the the actual control of the game, like of of the the main protagonist, which is just a kid. Um, and it's interesting choice as well to make it a child, because it you kind of automatically have this sense this real need to protect the child from all this shit that's going on and you don't understand what it is Mm. at any point. Um, And it was a real like uh, emotional kind of attachment that you had to the child, even though there was no dialogue or anything, you know, every time you died, it was kind of a really horrific way of dying <laughs> so yeah. you know, you're seeing this child going through this every time that you die so you obviously want to limit that as much as possible you, so you Just, obviously want to do it as many times as possible well yeah it depends on your <laughs> type of personality I guess uh, <laughs> but yeah it was uh, it was extremely well done in that regard I thought um, the game itself I'm not going to give away anything um but it's very strange and it doesn't get any less strange the whole way through. It actually becomes more and more fucking weird and bizarre Yeah. to the point of uh, when I finished it, I was just sitting there gobsmacked at how fucking bizarre it had gotten. Um, and there's not too many games that really do that, you know, especially not without an explanation in any way of what the hell you've just been through. Um, yeah, it was, it was really cool, though. I really, really enjoyed the game, and you know, I'd like to actually go back and play it again and see if I just missed a whole bunch of shit that is the reason why it, it seems so foreign. So, but I can't think that I really missed too much because there wasn't a hell of a lot of explanation along the way anyway. Mm. So, yeah. But it was a cool game, and if if you haven't played it and you're a uh, a bit of a fan of the um that whole kind of puzzler kind of um you know genre, then it's a definite, for sure, definite game you should pick up. There you go. Yeah. 
I'd give it for that genre. I'd definitely give it probably a four and a half. And in general terms of just a playable game, probably easily a four to four and a half. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, drop bears. That is multi-scoring. Yes, that's how we do. That is it. <laughs> yeah, from now on. From now on, we give three scores for every game, and an aggregate. Yeah, sure. Good luck, that. <laughs> um, <laughs> what else is there? I mean, I've been playing. I started playing Mafia Three, but uh, I'm not very far through it, so I don't want to give too much of my thoughts on it. But um, graphically, it's fucking awesome. Although there's a lot of glitches, um, which not like Assassin's Creed. Which one was it? Unity, not Assassin's Creed Unity level graf- graphical glitches. Like <laughs> that game was no, broken though. Yeah, there's no like inside-out faces and shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, people doing the moonwalk in a wall. But there, yeah, there's some weird bits. Like, um, for example, you clip through people a lot. Yeah, it's not good. But. It's not like game breaking. It's just it just takes you out of it a little bit when you're playing this fucking awesomely, like visually awesome game, and then all of a sudden a player walks through another player, another character, and it's like that's fucking weird. Mm. But um, in general, the the world that they've created is awesome. So basically, a quick breakdown of the story: it's set in 1968 in a town called New Bordeaux, which is based around. New Orleans and you play as Lincoln Clay who has returned from Vietnam from the Vietnam War he received a bunch of medals over there but his personal life in New Bordeaux is that he was an orphan who was um, basically taken under the wing of this guy Sammy Robinson who is uh, effectively like a gang boss sort of Um, cool and he kind of works with the Italian mafia and then things happen and it basically becomes a revenge story where Lincoln Clay is getting it, going out for revenge for these people who have fucked him over. And there is some brutal, brutal moments. It's R rated, which it definitely deserves to be. Um, not just because of the fact that their collectibles are yet again Playboy magazines. <laughs> so in Mafia 2, you collected Playboy magazine centerfolds, boobs and all. And in Mafia 3, you collect Playboy magazines and they are the front cover. So each one you collect is the front cover and then a centerfold and then um, either like a few pages out of that magazine from that year or an article or whatever. So it's a pretty cool touch for a collectible um, and it kind of the other collectibles are some posters and um, album covers from because there was such a musical sort of revolution happening in the in the late 60s mm, sure was they've kind of included that and not only in the collectibles but the soundtrack of the game is phenomenal so if you like 60s music like late 60s music, like, um, I don't even know. There's just a, a bunch, like Jimi Hendrix and stuff like that. So mm, That's pretty cool. Good soundtrack. Yeah. It has a very awesome soundtrack. The game graphically looks amazing. And uh, 
I don't know, driving's a little bit weird. There's a few things that are a bit odd, but it's no different in the oddness that was in Mafia 2. So there's things like driving, like if you're speeding, the cops will chase you. Whereas in GTA and, and other sandbox games, if you're speeding, no one gives a fuck. You're just speeding. And then if you hit a bystander, the cops will come after you. Whereas um, in Mafia, in the Mafia series, if you're speeding and you, or you run red lights and stuff like that, there's a chance the cops will chase you. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, which is a... it's It sets it apart in that way, like in terms of trying to create this realistic world. So that's pretty cool. Um, mm. But in general, I'm enjoying it. It's a It seems like a really big game. Um, but then again, I'm not too sure. I don't know how much side missions and stuff there is. I'm pretty early on in the story, so I haven't necessarily unlocked a bunch of side mission stuff yet. But from my memory of Mafia 2, there was a fair amount of bits and pieces and, and side missions for you to do a, along the way. Um, there's a at least one returning character from Mafia 2, even though it's a completely different city. Um, and you can feed the corpses of people that you kill to alligators in the bayou, which is really fucking cool. Wow. So if you kill someone and you're sneaking, sneaking around, and you don't want anyone to find that body, you just chuck it in the water and a friggin' alligator comes out of nowhere and eats it. Wow. Which can also be a problem if you want to swim in that water. Yes. So, yeah, um, it's pretty You cool. wouldn't choose to do that, I guess. Yeah, probably not, generally. Yeah. I had a mission where it was like, swim from the boat to the shore, and I was like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> but, um, yeah, in general, it's uh, I'm enjoying it so far. Uh, I've, I've had it crash a couple of times. I'm sure they'll patch that fairly quickly. Hopefully. But um, I, from what I can tell... It doesn't seem to be from anything specific except for having the game on for a really long time. So probably just a, a memory overload or something like that. Because um, I've noticed it crash twice and both times I'd been playing it for probably at least four hours straight. Okay. Well, it shouldn't happen hours. all that often though. Yeah, and I imagine they'll patch that fairly quickly. But apart from that, I haven't had any game-breaking bugs, uh, which is nice. It's always nice. Yeah, and, uh, Yeah, I'm pretty impressed with it. So uh, I'll talk a little bit more about that on the next episode, but I imagine the next episode will be pretty PSVR heavy because it comes out in three, four days. Hmm. And I've got, yeah, it should be interesting. I got that shit pre-ordered, so I'm ready to go. Hopefully it arrives with not too much delay. Yeah, well, um, it better arrive on the day. Because otherwise, somebody <laughs> is going to be copping it. Because I'm taking the day off work. Oh, that's going to piss you off then. Yeah, especially since I'm working on casual at the rates at the moment, which means if I take time off, mm. I'm not getting paid. So it better arrive. I think it will. I've got it through a pretty uh, reputable source. So, yeah. That's handy. Yes, reputable sources are handy. Yes. Well, that, that I think pretty much wraps up the show. Yep. I don't have anything else to talk about. No, no I'm done. Um, I'd be quite happy to just go back and play some Overwatch. Yeah, I want to finish this Bioshock 2 DLC so I can give you the game. Yeah, cool. That'd be kind of helpful. Yeah. 
Yeah, so all good. Well, we'll leave you there. Um, hopefully you enjoyed this. If you want to, you can leave a comment or ask a question or just email us at podcast, podcast. at dropmegaming.com. There you go. That was <laughs> going to be weird if we both tried to say it at the same time, so I dropped out. Um, yeah. yeah, out of the competition. But, yeah, do that. Um, let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you're playing. If there's anything that you think we should be playing – let us know. Uh, all good. We'll leave you to it. Um, thanks for having us in your ear holes, and we will talk to you again in a few weeks. Yep. Thanks, thanks Bye. Bye. Bye.